0: Hello, I'm Beatrice Valerie Nero, and you're listening to This is the Voice of the Prophet. I have walked in the office of the Prophet since God revealed the anointing He has placed on my life for close to 40 years. This podcast is a new territory that He has assigned me that I pray will be done as God ministers. The purpose of this podcast is to share the Word of God in a prophetic way under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, as he ministers and speaks to my spirit as to when you would have me to speak to the listeners, you, his sons and daughters. It's also purpose to invoke open and honest conversation on the things that many people, especially Christians, don't want to talk about, which is racism in the body of Christ. I pray that God will use this podcast to enable us as his sons and daughters to talk about the elephant in the room that for too many years, pastors, teachers, and leaders have tried to sweep under the rug. You can help and support this podcast by telling your friends, families, co-workers, church members, and everyone you know about This is the Voice of the Prophet and how easy it is to tune in through any podcast server through this title. You can also help and support this ministry through your love and prayers. You can reach me listers, with questions and comments by email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at c h a r t e E-R.net. And finally, you can always reach me at my website at thevoiceoftheprophet.strikingly.com And remember, if for some reason the podcast doesn't come through or to hear previous episodes, you can always reach This is the Voice of the Prophet on every and any podcast server. Thank you, and God bless you. Now let's get into the word that God has for us for this week. Hello, and welcome to this week's message entitled, It's in the Church. While reading last week, I came across a couple of things of real interest that I want to share with each of you. One of them I personally found quite disturbing. As you all know, I've been sharing this podcast with the intent of provoking real and open conversation on systemic racism in the body of Christ. I repeat again and again, this podcast is not intended to accuse anyone of being racist or white supremacist, but at the same time, we know that they're out there and unfortunately, they are in the churches we attend. They are in the body of Christ. So those who are listening are not racist. Then why do I continually talk about racism? Because those of us who are not need to take a stand concerning those who are, especially in the body of Christ. What I have seen and witnessed in churches is not just an incident here and there, but true systemic ongoing racism with the intent to strengthen white supremacy in the church, allowing it to be spread throughout this nation. They are those that are using the pulpits on Sunday mornings to divide the very body of Christ with the concealed purpose of black, brown, and non-white people to be continually oppressed and kept underprivileged. The purpose is to allow the white race to have control over not only this nation, but the very lives of non-white people with the intent to keep them subdued and underprivileged while the white race continues to advance and prosper. This has been the hidden agenda of many in the body of Christ since slavery, and it's time for it to be confronted. I must admit that there are some that are being manipulated to accomplish this end without realizing how the system has been maneuvered in that way. They've been taken in by the rhetoric of politics, false prophets, and those in leadership. They've been blinded by those that they've looked up to, believed, and admired for years and are too deprived of perception to realize what is happening to them. But there are still far too many who are knowingly using Sunday morning services with the Word of God to accomplish their own personal agendas as opposed to what the Word of God is truly speaking and what He has ordained. I was reading a news article this week of a priest being removed from the church. The article reads as follows A Wisconsin bishop has taken the unusual steps of removing a priest from the ministry after he made a series of divisive remarks about politics and the pandemic. The Diocese of La Crosse said in a statement Friday that Bishop William Patrick Callahan has issued a decree removing the Reverend James Altman as pastor of St. James the Less in La Crosse, effective immediately. The decree will remain in effect for an undetermined length of time, the statement said. The bishop and his diocesan representatives have spent over a year prayerfully and fraternally working toward a resolution related to ongoing public and ecclesial concerns of the ministry of Father James Altman, the the statement said. The article goes on to state that, The obligation of a bishop is to ensure that all who serve the faithful are able to do so while unifying and building the body of Christ. As some of you may already know, James Altman is the priest that obtained notoriety right before the presidential election with a YouTube post stating, and I quote, Catholics can't be Democrats and that anyone who supports Democrats will burn in hell. What a statement and what a lie. And unfortunately, we all know that these words in some form or another were repeated throughout this nation on many, if not every Sunday morning from pulpits by priests, pastors and prophets right before the election. And unfortunately as well, because so many are so indoctrinated and radicalized by their religions, they follow this rhetoric, submitting to it even though it absolutely borders on heresy. The statement says that the bishop and representatives of the diocese spent over a year praying and trying to find a solution to this matter, apparently to no avail. In another article, it states that the priest refused to change his statement, leaving no alternative to the church but to remove him. Removal of a priest from his position is a very, very rare rare course of action that usually held for pedophiles, rapists, or some other vile offense by a priest. Therefore, for the bishop to take such actions with this particular priest, he had to have been left with no alternative in order to protect the people of that particular congregation. The responsibility for the people of the congregation ultimately lies on the bishop and is reiterated in his statement, and again I quote, the obligation of a bishop is to ensure that all who serve the faithful are able to do so while unifying and building the body of Christ. Let me repeat those last 10 words again. Do so while unifying and building the body of Christ. That is the responsibility of not only that particular priest, but every pastor, prophet, leader, and teacher in the body of Christ. If the word is preached, taught, and given correctly, there is no need to add personal opinions and definitely not one's own political preferences to the message. I personally don't see such a thing in the word of God. In spite of the political divisions between Jews and Romans, when the people wanted to take Christ and force him to become king, He hid himself. He wanted no part of their politics. He told them that his kingdom was not of this world. He said in Mark 12 to give Caesar what Caesar's. Many Christians and churches, on the other hand, have taken the politics of this world and made it their religion. It's one thing to take a stand on abortion rights, gay rights, or whatever, It's each person's own personal view, even when those views may call for what we believe to be the foundation of what we're standing for or against, according to the word of God. Each individual has to make that decision for themselves. We need to understand that, as far as I've heard those with much greater wisdom than myself say, It's for me to present the word to an individual, but at the same time, it's up to the individual to accept it. Once we've given the word of God, it's not for us to force someone to do or act on what it says. I cannot force someone to give their tithe or not commit adultery. I cannot force a person to go to church services or not use the name of God in vain. However, when I stand in the judgment, what I will be held accountable for is whether I told them the word of God or not. And when they stand in the judgment, they will be held accountable for hearing and yet not heeding what they were told and taught. Ultimately, it's their decision to sin are not sin, and that's what they will be held accountable for. God will not hold me or you accountable for another person's sin, especially when we have warned them of the sin. That's our responsibility. To have a pastor, preacher, Priest or whoever to stand and tell me that if I support one political party as opposed to another is first and foremost not his place, and it brings absolute division within the body of Christ. We are supposed to be a unified body, not a divided one, and division is what racism is all about. How do cults start? The word of God says that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. I'll start with someone allowing a little, just a little control over their own beliefs and thoughts. It happens when an individual allows someone that they believe and trust to tell them differently from their own beliefs, even when they know they're right. They start by not questioning What's being said because they're too afraid and intimidated by someone else's standing or position. They then ignore and crush their own deep down inner thoughts and convictions to be a part of something that allows for control of their lives. And it starts with just a little word or statement here and there, which then evolves into an accepted lifestyle. However, when we have a one-on-one, personal, intimate, in love with Jesus relationship for ourselves, we're not so easily deceived. When a person's relationship with Christ is one where they're seeking him daily, not just a quick prayer on the way to work, but definitely praying daily, reading his word and listening to his voice one is not so easily deceived. One of the things that I say is that if I can spend an hour on makeup, I can definitely spend at least an hour talking and listening to my father. I cannot say it enough. No father wants his child born deaf. There is no father who doesn't want his son or daughter to be able to hear his voice it's no less with our heavenly father. He wants us to hear him. In Genesis 3 and 8, it reads, and they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. It was God's voice that they heard first and foremost. It was the voice of God, not the spirit or the presence that they saw But the voice of God that they heard walking in the garden in the cool of the day before anything else, before seeing the rainbow, before the fire and the cloud, even before seeing his glory, they heard his voice. So many of the people of God want to see, but first we must learn to hear. We want to see the blessings. We want to see the miracles. We want to see all these things that God has promised, but we don't want to learn to hear his voice. When we hear God for ourselves, then we won't be so susceptible to those who are trying to deceive us, with their evil, hidden agendas. As a prophet, I've seen so many other prophets, and yes, even pastors, that want to give the impression that they are the only ones that can hear God. That's not true. Do prophets hear God on another level? Yes, and that's what makes the difference. But we can all hear God for ourselves. It's the Holy Ghost that speaks to us all. It's always, always been our Father's will for us to hear him for ourselves and therefore not be persuaded and influenced wrongly by the words and intents of others. Being the only ones who were able to hear God on a particular level is what made the Pharisees and priests in the Bible so popular and at the same time such hypocrites. They wore the clothes and marked their faces to impress the people. They prayed the long prayers. And yes, for a time, the priests and prophets were the only ones who would hear and then tell the people what God was saying. But not anymore. Not in this age and dispensation. In Acts 1, 4 through 5 and verse 8, it reads, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, He gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. But John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse eight says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Mark 16 reads, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues. We have received the gift of the Holy Ghost. We have the power of his Holy Spirit upon us as well as within us. And now we can hear God for ourselves and know what he wants us to understand. This does not mean that we're not teachable. What it allows is for us to know when we're being taught correctly and for that matter, incorrectly. If you teach a child from the beginning, that two plus two equals three, then that's what that child will believe because they've never been taught better or differently. However, when the child learns to count correctly from one to 10 for themselves and begins to see that if they place two cookies on one side and two more cookies on the other side, they will see that two plus two is four and not three. So it is with the word of God. If we don't know better and learn better for ourselves, we will never understand better, which means that we will never be able to make the better choices. It means that we will accept and believe whatever we're being told, even when it's wrong the Holy Ghost will bring conviction. We will feel that unction deep down within our spirits that's not allowing for a total peace and we will know that he's saying, no, that's wrong. If we don't know for ourselves when something is wrong, then we allow others to teach and instill beliefs within us that God never intended. This further allows for total erroneous teachings and beliefs to be embraced. And rather than bringing truth, peace, and unity, it brings division, deception, and fear. Deception and fear allows for more control. God is not a God who wants to control us. He's a God who wants us to have the fruit of self-control and develop and increase the fruit of the spirit in a way that will glorify him. The preacher James Altman told his parishioners that if they were Democrats, they would go to hell. Believe me, being a Democrat is not what's going to cause us to go to hell. It's the things that God hates, the things that separates us from Him, that brings us into the eternal fires. And what is it that God hates? Proverbs six eighteen in the Living Bible puts it this way: For there are six things the Lord hates. No, seven: haughtiness, lying, murdering, plotting evil, eagerness to do wrong, a false witness sowing discord among brothers. What is the last thing in that verse? Sowing discord among brothers, which is exactly what that priest, pastor, and prophets who have repeated to their congregations and listeners what James Altman said have done. Those prophets and leaders who encouraged the insurrection last January, sowed discord among brothers. Those who stand in their pulpits and refuse to confront racism in their church and among their members are sowing discord among the brothers. And what they don't realize is that now they have condemned themselves to hell. The Bible tells us that God never intended man to go to hell. Hell was not made for man, but for Satan and his angels. Matthew 25, 41 reads, Then he shall say to those on his left, Depart from from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Isaiah 5, and 14, it says, Hell has increased in size to make room for the sinful man. Hell is not where any of us want to be. It's the worst place to be. But let me ask you this. Do you know what's truly the worst thing about hell? It's not the weeping and gnashing of teeth or the pain and suffering. It's not the worms that will never die or the fire that will never be quenched. The worst and most painful thing about hell is the eternal separation from God. I could take the pain and the suffering, but I can never take being separated from the God I love with all my heart and all my soul. If you truly, truly love him, you never, ever want to be separated from the Lord your God and Savior for all eternity. Next week, we will continue with part two of It's in the Church with our discussion on who's really going to see hell. I pray that this episode has been enlightening to each of you, and I pray that you will share it with others, encouraging your church members, families, friends, neighbors, and co-workers to listen to the podcast, This is the Voice of the Prophet, on any podcast server. Until next Monday, remember that I am praying for each and every person who listens, asking our Father's blessings and favor upon you. God bless each and every one of you, and thank you so much for listening.